Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Action Network. I am Shad Millman. It's Super Bowl 55 week. I'm going to be joined by professional better Simon Hunter. It is a strange Super Bowl week. There's no media days. There's no nonstop coverage in the way we're used to it. No radio row as we know it. It's the Tuesday before the Super Bowl. And Simon, it is also just Tuesday. Like for you as a professional veteran, we got a lot to get to. And so give me your answer and I will carry on. But like, does it feel different for you this Tuesday than it normally does? Chad, I'm so fired up, man. This is like just a week of drinking and betting, man. It's the best week, especially as a pro, because it's like most professionals, this is our end of the year party. We make big bets. I'm literally going to Vegas two days after the Super Bowl to go meet up with a bunch of other guys. And it's just it's just a fun week. At a normal year, 100%, I would be a little more turned up where the 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 media and the just the the hype surrounding it and if it's Tom Brady Patrick Mahomes yeah I'm right there with you it would, it would definitely be more pumped up but in my own life no man uh NFL network rolling 24/7 I'm just never ending watching just football stuff this whole week so I'm just just like everyone else I'm just soaking up this is it this is the end of our season so it's just it's one last push of just getting all the football in until it's over. It does feel a little bit like finals, right? And like, you know, you have that one final left. You've done all the work. You've done all the studying. All you have to do is pick the right answers. And today, Simon, my BFF, we are going to pick the exact right answers. And believe it or not, I just thought of this little transition right here while we were talking. Today, we are going to do an update on our game thoughts as it relates to the line and the total, which we did last week. Um, We are going to have a very big conversation about props and not just player props, but primarily focusing on sort of a lot of the game props. You know, there'll be literally 400, 500 props that are available. And through the years, the Super Bowl has become known for a lot of the game props long before player props were really popular. Like, will there be an OT? Will there be a safety? These are the kind of props that professional bettors have loved through the years. So we're going to get to that. But first, first, a word from our very gracious and incredible sponsor all year long, Draft Kings. Okay, the big game is being played this weekend, and our friends at DraftKings are launching the $55 million prediction challenge. That is right, $55 million prediction challenge. This is a free-to-play fourth quarter prop pool with a top prize of $1 million. Everybody is eligible to play. It's not like you have to be in a legal betting state to play this game anywhere. Anybody listening to this podcast from anywhere can enter to play this. Um, There are a lot of free instant prizes too. They range anywhere from like $3 in DraftKings dollars to $25,000 in cash. Every entry in the pool will also trigger a free random reward with up to $55 million in total prizes being handed out. $55 million 
55 is the number of the big game. Check out DraftKings to participate in the free-to-play prediction challenge for your shot at the top prize of $1 million. Simon, we already beat like 776 people for a little DK competition. Took, took DraftKings for more than four grand. How much can we win in this thing? We might win a million dollars. That's that's crazy. They, I mean, I know a lot of sports books do promotions, but shout out to DraftKings. Their their promotions are crazy. Are crazy. Like this is insane. The fact they're giving away that much because it's it is blind luck what we're talking about here. So why wouldn't you sign up and just do it? It's it's a free lottery ticket to win a million dollars. So I, I love that they're doing this. Free lottery ticket, win a million dollars, fifty five million in cash prizes. DraftKings, check it out. Uh, listen, a reminder. Also, we went winless two weeks ago. And because there were no games this past week, we rolled our phrase that pays cash prizing together, which means the winner this past week of our phrase that pays, the person who followed the favorites pod and then tagged us with the phrase, Simon says, we care, won $500. We're going to match that amount donated to their favorite charity. The Action Network is going to do that. We're going to announce that winner at the end of the show. This week, we're doing something even more special. We're not giving away $55 million in prizes, but we are upping the prize. Matt Mitchell doesn't even know this yet. To $550 for Super Bowl 55. The winner gets $110 for every prop Simon and I get right from our five that we love uh, at the Super Bowl to be eligible Go to at the favorites pod, follow at the favorites pod, tag us using the phrase Simon says bet the big game. Matt Mitchell will sift through the submissions. You will win the money. Um, and then we'll announce it after the Super Bowl uh, on the podcast. One more reminder everything we discuss, every pick we make, it's all available in the free Action Network app. It's award winning. Go download it. We got a big balls bet. We got a hornet's nest, which is really unattractive. We got a foxhole. We also got your questions. Coming up at the end of the podcast, you sent in a bunch of questions. It's a lot of housekeeping, Simon. How do you want to start this thing? I, you and I talked yesterday and we talked about sort of doing, you know, the props that you love that aren't necessarily player props. Like I said, let's get it going. Just give me, give me one that you love and let's talk about it. This is all new to me. So I can't even, uh, I'm just reacting to it. <laughs> And we can break down first uh, what we talked about last week of the overall game with the spread and the total. Um, it, we've seen the Sharps come in. The Sharps have made a decision. The, the line opened three and a half. It's been sitting at three all week. Opened at 57 and a half or 57 the total. It's down to 56. So no one's really shocked. The, the professionals like the dog and they like the under. And little did I know um, – our our uh, little conversation here was going to set Twitter to a fire, but boy, did it! Man, pe- people are upset, Chad. People Imagine coming, getting- Simon. People are coming after you, and they're coming after me. Poor Chad. Chad just getting dragged into this. But just dragged in. I'm just a guy hosting a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I said the spread was that. It was fun. I had people breaking down the the value of the number minus three to sports books that it, there's a twelve and a half percent chance that it lands in between the number minus three and zero. And I was just like, wow, this is just incredible information just being poured on to me where I didn't know how that held any kind of weight when, what was last year's Super Bowl? I think it was minus one or minus one and a half. I don't know how the book built this trend into that number. 
the Eagles Super Bowl. I think that was six and a half and closed at four and a half. Again, I don't know how this trend was built into the Super Bowl. So people are coming back at me with things that had nothing to do with what I was talking about. Pretty much what I was trying to tell people is hop on your phone right now, go to Google, look up Super Bowl histories, and you can just see that more often than not, if you take these adjusted lines or you just take the spread instead of just taking the Chiefs money line or just taking the plus three with the Buccaneers, you're, you're losing value. And that's all I was just trying to tell people is that the books want you to do these really safe bets in the Super Bowl because long term, you're eating up your own vig and you're eating away at your own profits. Even this, this year, this, this bet doesn't hit. If it does next year, you just factor in the math of the percentage of money you saved on not eating that juice. So that's all I was trying to say to people. I, I wasn't acting like I, uh, I have all the answers here, but man, did people get upset. So that was weird. Um, and also cool that like so many people like really value and care about what we say and got that upset that uh, I don't know. It's just different styles. Like I'm a high risk better. Like I don't bet one unit at a time. and hope for a five return on a 5% return on year. Like I take big swings and I do things very unconventional. And if there was one right answer, I think we'd all bet the exact same way that these guys all claim to know how to bet and we'd all be millionaires. So clearly whatever style they do, it doesn't work because the books keep winning. So I come, I come at it from a different angle and that upset them. So it was weird, but I'm here for it, man. I got nowhere to go. I got nothing to do. I'm stuck inside. There was a blizzard in north the Northeast. So it was, it was a good weekend for me because I was just having fun with it. But back to the spread, I, I still... Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because there's something really interesting. A couple things to unpack here. Number one, for those who don't know and who don't live in sort of the Twitter universe, because it's easy to forget that the majority of the country is not on Twitter. The majority of the country does not spend an inordinate amount of time responding to Twitter. So what we're talking about here is Simon came on the show last week and said, you're better off if you like Tampa Bay in this game, you're better off betting on Tampa Bay in the money line, because what happens is the dogs, they don't tend to cover. They just tend to win outright in this scenario. And by the way, the same can be said like for Kansas City. Like if you want to bet, bet on the money line because the spread oftentimes doesn't come into play. I think it applies more to Tampa Bay than it does to Kansas City. Simon, correct me if I'm wrong. The point yeah, I was saying that with Kansas City, you just take the minus three because what I was just trying to break right. down to people that's is right. the save. You're saving the juice. And that's all I was just simply stating is long term, you're saving money on the VIG. And like that, I, I don't know why I got them so upset. I think they're uh, they just overlooked that simple part of the math. Right. But a lot. So the point is that like, people came after you on Twitter and that is what happens on Twitter, especially like in certain, in certain segments of Twitter, there are a lot of people who just think like they are the gambling sort of arbiters of, of good habits in the gambling space. And they like to tell everybody else what to do and how they should bet and where the EV is and sort of all the value in that space. The truth is, and the point of this podcast is like, there are a lot of different ways to make bets on games. And 100%. Simon is a high risk gambler. Like he will play with his bankroll differently. And the way you gamble oftentimes is you try to find what works for you and what makes you comfortable. And then you play at the money amounts that 
make you comfortable as well. You're not supposed to be following everything Simon says, like Simon says, at his level of money because he's been doing this for a long time and he gambles at high risk. He's giving you his perception based on sort of habits and history and practice. Um, and yet, if you say something that a lot of people disagree with on Twitter, they're going to come after you. And that's what happened this weekend. And then they came after me. And yeah, that guy, was uh, just a nice guy sitting in my room, you know, recording a podcast. But that's what I, I joke all the time with a buddy that in life, I mean, it's messed up to say, but some of the greatest things in human history, it comes from conflict. There's conflict in life and great things arise from it. So if I get conflict with these guys and people either learn from it, take something from it, see both sides of the argument, that's all I can ask for. Because like you just said, I don't have all the answers. I have a very unique style that works for me and works for a lot of other people. If that obviously works for a lot of people, it works. And that's just all I'm trying to help people learn with is that you don't just take the number, you take the money line. These are little things I like to pass along. So yeah, it, it was definitely a fun weekend, but we, we don't have to worry about that too much. We can move on to the game at hand, my friend. All right. So let's look as it stands, the game is at, you know, minus uh, Kansas city minus three, the total is at 56 and a half. I think you said um, the wise guys have come in. Has anything in your logic, reasoning, deduction changed uh, in the past week? What will your plan be? Your, your, your plan on just sort of the side and the total. Still, still on the bucks, still on the over, still tease the bucks, still tease it with the over. Uh, I, I understand where they're coming back with the underplay because in history, totals this high in the Super Bowl, it, it leans to the under. I think it's, I'll have to look because I did look right before the show, but it might have been eight and three or something like that, where if it's above 50, it goes under. And I just think with these two offenses, we, we'll talk about it when we get into the props here, and like I like uh, slow start, but we just know at any time these offenses can score, and they go deep, and their offense is very spread out. So I still feel going against my my brother in the sharps here, even though I, I love unders, I have to take this over here. I just love these offenses, so still on the over as well. I am stunned. Like You are so going against every single trend, every single trend. And, and I do want to get into it. Here's a stat uh, that somebody sent in. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it here. Um, shoot. It's going to take me a second as I scroll through Twitter. But basically it lists. Oh, here we go. Uh, this is from uh, Degeneracy and Me. Tom Brady's, <laughs> Tom Brady's first score in the last nine Super Bowls. So I haven't checked this. So I'm, I'm, you know, relying on a guy who goes by degeneracy in me. Uh, Rams led three, nothing Panthers uh, tied zero, zero um, Giants led three, nothing Giants led three, nothing Eagles led. What was that? Nine, three um, Kansas city starts slow. The over under for the first quarter is 10. Is the under an absolute lock? You said you want to talk about the start slow, then go over. Let's talk about it. Uh, no such thing as a lock. But, uh, yeah, it's it's the play. I, I know that you can throw those numbers out a little bit because you're, you're saying to yourself, it's, those are New England numbers, yada, yada, yada. But I talked about it last week that this has been true of Brady his entire career in the Super Bowl. He just always starts slow. And – I, that's what I'm trying to get home about the uni uniqueness of this game is 
this is the biggest game in America. We, we remember some of these players and these players for the rest of our lives. You remember a guy named David Tyree who did nothing with his entire career, but he had one of the most insane catches ever. Can you tell me the most important player from the Tampa Bay Lightning Stanley Cup last, uh, last couple of months? Like, I, I can't tell you a, a huge life-changing play from the Stanley Cup, and I'm an average fan of hockey. So it's one of those where I don't think people understand the pressure and the high variance of the Super Bowl that it is so unique. And I know people are upset about the sample size of uh, the Super Bowl. If 54 years and 54 games is too small of a sample, I don't know. That, that feels like a decent-sized sample for such a unique game. So if that's all I have to go off of, that's what I base a lot of my trends off of. So with this one, I'm with you. I, I Man, just just looking at this game on paper, it, it's it, – it, we'll, like we get it right now, the props, but – I just love the first half to be low scoring. I just think like exactly everything that guy just broke down. It just feels that that that's a smart play over time with your money is to take that under 10 points in the first quarter. Flukes might happen. We might get a busted tackle, quick return, weird things. But if you're just playing the numbers and the data, exactly. The under 10 points in the first quarter, that that's a good play. Um, all right. Under 10 points in the first quarter. Uh, as I've mentioned before, Stucky on the Action Network NFL podcast has talked about this trend. And if you if the sample size of the Super Bowl isn't big enough, expand it to Super Bowls and conference championship games. And it's still the right trend. There's still an inordinate number of games that uh, that go under 10 in the first quarter. In fact, I think it was like six, seven, eight games in that entire sample set had gone over t- over 10. Uh, in the first quarter. So really good data set there to pull from. That's one first quarter under, but was that on your list of ones that we want to talk about? It can be. I, I wrote down a ton. I have so many here, but I, I highlighted my favorite ones for the show. So give me your favorite ones. Let's do, let's do your five favorite ones. Okay. And I will decide if I agree with you. <laughs> so my number one, my favorite play and I'm talking other sharp groups and we all talk last week and before the props come out, just trying to gauge where these other guys are going to put their money so that I can get the best of the number. Even if I don't love it, I want to at least get the best of the number for that. Cause I know they're going to come in heavy on that side. So this group who I love and man, they're good. They, I mean, they're the kind of group that they might only do 10 props, like big money for this whole thing. While suckers like me are doing 500 props. Cause I just love the action. So their favorite one, which I, I'm right there with them, is total field goals over one and a half in the first half. It's minus 125, the juice. I, I love the play. I love that they, they're they pretty much banking on these guys having drives and then just getting tight in the red zone in the first half. So for my first play, my favorite one, I really do like that, that play by them, the over one and a half first half field goals. Now, when you say getting tight, by the way, when, when you tell me you're getting together with a bunch of sharps and you're playing these things and you want to get it before the line moves, you know what I think about? GameStop, AMC, <laughs> Silver. Like you guys are you you guys are the are the hedge funds. And I gotta get the people, I gotta get the people on Reddit to come in and start putting the short squeeze on you and your hedge fund props, the way you guys are coming at these things. That's what I'm I I'm one of the AMC suckers. I got it at like four dollars and I should have sold it at 20 but i was just like if fixes get to 120 
my whole life will be spent in Hawaii. I don't need to uh, keep betting anymore. But unfortunately, we all know what happened, and the 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 hedge fund stepped in. So uh, right now, I'm at uh, I think they're like it's like seven dollars now AMC. So I'm still at a profit from the four dollar four dollar buy. But yeah, that was ugly. But so you guys are betting on teams getting tight. Is there now? This just feels like you're sort of you're going with what some other guys that you love are telling you. Yeah, I saw the numbers that back it where it's like that it's it's just the highest percentage of field goals happen in the first half, like in the history of the Super Bowl. It's really lopsided lean towards the first half. So you can go through it, um, especially when you look at these two offenses on paper. They're just a high powered offenses where they can pick up 40 yards at any time. But we've seen it this year, especially with the Chiefs. They're one of the lowest scoring teams in their red zone for touchdowns. So it it seems like they get touchdowns on big plays that go for a long play or they get down there and they get stuffed in the kick field goal. So, again, I just there are there is numbers that back this up. But you can trust when I tell you that this this is going to be a smart play this week. Our foxhole, the really unpopular bet. Let's climb down into the foxhole. It's. It's got to be over one and a half field goals in the first half. Because <laughs> you think it's so unpopular. All right. I love it. Because it's unpopular. Hmm. Okay. We got a bunch more. Don't you worry. All right, I'm making a lot of notes here. Uh, the next one will be either team two point conversion. Yes. Plus 230. Uh, and again, these all these lines are from our friends at DraftKings. Um, just a great value on a number that we both know with these teams their head coaches love to go for two. Bruce loves to go for two. Andy Reid loves to go for two. And with two risky coaches in a game that is all about taking high-risk plays to try to win a winners-take-all game, I just love the fact that if any team gets down by a weird number, we're pretty much guaranteed to get a two-point play attempt at any point in this game. So if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're willing to bet these weird props I'm giving out today, this is one of these higher ones up there. I love either team to score two points. I love this one. I feel like this one is definitely going to make our list. I like it because of the because of the number. Like I feel more comfortable betting on something that I feel great about at plus 230 than something that ha- needs to have so many things to happen at minus 125. <laughs> 100%. You know what I mean? I'm not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong. I mean, I, we'll, we'll, when we go through these, I have a lot like of just big plus value because that's what I try to do with these props. Is I'm just I'm hoping for that fluke year where if a lot of these plus numbers come through, you're good now for the next year or two on these Super Bowl props, and that's how you can just keep adding up the money from these props. The Hornets yeah. Nest. This is an unattractive bet that we don't think people will want to join us on. I'm walking to a fucking Hornets Nest. All right, now be my companion. Two point conversion plus 230. <laughs> Definitely Hornet's Nest, the fact that this is juiced up so high. So I'm cool with that one being it. All right. What's your next one? So sadly for Chad, he won't love it because it's a uh, minus 114, but longest TD plus uh, 45.5 over yards. Minus 114. I just think, again, we talk about these two offenses. They're they're very aggressive against defenses that are pretty aggressive. I know 
the, the Chiefs do like to run a cover two zone where they do drop back to safeties a lot, but eventually Brady's, Brady's going to get them. There's no one better in the history of the NFL reading defenses. So we'll talk about him a little bit later on, but Scotty Miller, he's the kind of guy we saw last week where he's just one big, one big play kind of guy. And I, I could see him getting behind this Chiefs defense. And same goes with the Buccaneers against Tyreek Hill. We saw Tyreek Hill have a historical day the last time these teams played. And with Sammy Watkins back, he can do the same kind of thing where he can open things up for him and the other receivers. So I, I do really like this play, Long's, T, uh, Long's TD over uh, 45 and a half. This one is really interesting. And I do think, to me, there is a little bit of a correlation of why I like this one and don't like the field goal one, which is, and we saw this with the Packers, like the Bucks go long and they go long early. And they do not wait for the warm-up. They do not try to figure out what the defense is doing. They play their offensive game. And not just in the NFC Championship game, but in the last, say, six weeks of the regular season and into the playoffs, except for that game against Washington where they struggled, this team just lets it fly. And it's that's because that's what they have. Like, they're not a short route, you know, shallow, low-cross team they are a run a post run deep throw the ball up and let's see what happens i like this and and i think that could happen quickly in the game which might make you more aggressive over the course of the first half so i don't like the field goal one for that but i do love longest touchdown over 45 and a half also minus 114 like that's decent juice like i don't mind paying that and if you guys heard me typing, that was me betting another thousand on this over field goal one and a half. Thank you, Chad. Oh my God. <laughs> that uh, is mean. I just love it, man. You're the best. Do you agree with my logic on the 45 and a half? Yeah. Like uh, this is my, like I'm giving you my best hundred right now. So like, yeah, yeah, I love this play. You're, you're not going to hear an argument against that from me. Well, listen, now I'm going to have to troll you on Twitter when it, uh, <laughs> under, under when, when there's not over one and a half field goals. I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, there's, there's definitely going to be zero field goals in the first half, and this game is going to end on three. It's going to be I just hope, a, a bloodshed. Yeah, I hope you get trolled all fucking day, Simon <laughs> Hunter. Okay. Uh, me, me too. Uh, yeah, for the next one, it feels like a trap because it honestly feels way too easy. I have this graded out of five and a half, and – it's total sacks over four and a half plus 110. Do not get this line at all. I think they're basing this on Brady being so smart and getting the ball out of his hands so quick and not taking sacks. And the same goes for Mahomes, that he's so smart he doesn't take hits. But when you break down the numbers, no QB holds the ball longer than Mahomes. He's always looking to make big plays. And we already know his left tackle and right tackle are out. So – Right there, I had that graded out at three sacks against him, and I had two and a half against Brady. So I just think you're getting great value here uh, on this number. And at plus 110, I, I love that you're, you're getting plus money on it. So you have it graded out at six sacks. You said you at six sacks, right? You have a three and a half and two and a half? Oh, I'm sorry. I misspoke. So I have three and a half and then one. Uh, one uh, no, I have three and a half and two. That's three what I said, right? Okay. Five and a half. Five and a half. Hold on. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I have 2.1 for the Chiefs and I have 3.7 for. So exactly. It's leaned a little over five and a half. So definitely. I love the value on this line. You're getting a full sack of value 
on this and you're getting plus money on it. At plus 110. So when Love you grade it. this out, like your, your models are going that deep that you are grading out the total number of sacks in the game? Every game, even in the regular season. Like that's, this is how you find edges in the, in the games. It's where you're, you're trying to find what's the most likely outcome. Like that's all this is, is a medium. Like I, I don't pretend to predict the future, but I'm literally putting this data in and it's giving me the most likely outcome if they played this game over a thousand times. So exactly. If they play this game a thousand times, this number is going to come, come through well over 50% of the time. That's, that's just why I love this number. So five and a half and is what you have it graded at. One more question about this. Are you like um, running a program that tells you, I got this at three and a half, I got this at two and a half, like for the sacks? Like how, did, how does that work? Are you running a game simulation? Running a game simulation and just plugging in all the numbers from the season. Like you, you basically want to go through and you just want to highlight what the most important numbers to you. So, you know, they do the, the combine, the three cone drill, all these different things. These things are very important. A guy's first step and get off speed on a D line, even O line. These are very important numbers that you have to look into when you're building a model. So I, I pretty much use three sites mainly and I get their numbers and I get a median from that. And that's what I plug in my data from. So it, it is one of those where it is a give and take. Like there's going to be, I mean, we can talk about pro football focus. That site has numbers on every little th single thing. And it can be overwhelming. What you want to pull numbers from are things that you think are most important to the game. Because again, no one has all the answers. We're all trying to figure out the best thing and the best numbers to use to win money. So when I'm looking at those things, I, I do. I, I'm, I'm honestly obsessed with D-line because I just think it's such a forwarding and key thing to a game that just gets overlooked time and time again. And in a game like this where I'm seeing a huge advantage on a D-line versus an offensive line, like we didn't even talk about the middle of the Buccaneers with Sue and Vita. So I, I just love, love, love the Buccaneers front line. So let's go big balls. Bet of the week. Over four and a half sacks plus 120 in Super Bowl 55. Love it. I can get behind that. And if, if you love that one with me, Shaq right now, his over is 0.5 sacks plus 120. Love it. Literally, this guy, all he needs is to get a sack with another guy, and you're at a push for the rest of the game. So I just think there's there's going to be an opportunity here for Shaq to get a sack on uh, Mahomes, especially he loves holding on to the ball. He's going to be trying to make big plays. He's going to get one on him. It's just only a matter of time. So I think it, you're getting great value right now in Shaq over 0.5 sacks. God, that is so interesting. These are things, honestly, like I never looked at it this way. All right. Give me another one. <laughs> yeah, I told you, I get super weird props because I just bet so many of them. And you just look for the smallest amount of value and you just try to capitalize on it. But for the next one, I just talked about the big run stuffers up front for the Buccaneers. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is coming back for his first game in well over a month. Right now, they have his rushing and receiving prop over under at 48 and a half. I don't think Andy Reid's going to trust a rookie in the biggest game of the year to get a ton of touches. I think that this is going to be one of those games where they're going to try to run it. It's not going to work out. And eventually they're going to bring in a, a running back that can either block better than him or can catch better. And we've seen it with Darrell Williams. He's 
he's really good. And we saw last year, Damian Williams, that, that guy almost won the MVP of the Super Bowl. So I do know that the, the Chiefs do want to establish the run. That's a big thing for them. But against this run defense, I just can't see that happening. So I really like this this underprop for Clyde Hilaire, rushing and receiving under 48 and a half plus 105. I hate this with all my being. You know why? Because why? before the season began, before he was hurt, there was all this talk about Clyde Edwards-Alaire and how talented he was going to be. And I remember Matthew Friedman from the Action Network. We do the show Convince Me. We're going to do a Convince Me for the Super Bowl this upcoming Sunday. And at Action Network HQ, follow the channel, follow the handle to find out what time. Talked about Clyde Edwards-Alaire possibly being the best receiving back in the league before the season even started. And then he comes out in the first game and he is everywhere and he's doing great. And I feel like this is a primetime Andy Reid weapon who hasn't been utilized very much because he's been injured. And this is a chance to get him back into the flow of the game to take some of that pressure off of Patrick Mahomes. That's, I mean, that's, that's fair. Boom. I, I was in on, in on him too coming into the year because I just thought you have the best receiving back in a college coming to an offense that is a high-powered throwing offense. But Le'Veon Bell move kind of threw a wrinkle into that whole thing, mm-hmm. but I'm fine with staying away from that one. I got plenty of other ones, my friend. Uh, did you also, while I was talking, bet another thousand dollars on the under Clyde Edwards Hilaire rushing and receiving 48 and a half yards because you're so convinced I'm cursed. Is that what you did? No, but you're just so, so confident in your hate of that total over field goals that I just know it's a lock now. Uh, it's just one of those. <laughs> There's no such thing as a lock. You already told <laughs> degeneracy. There's no such thing as a lock. That's true. Uh, so for the next one, we talked last show about it. This is another one of my favorite props to do. High, high scoring half second, minus one, uh, 112 right now on DraftKings. So you basically just go to DraftKings, you go to the Super Bowl, you scroll over, you click on halves, you scroll down, and I'll have it right there where it says highest scoring half second or first. So if I love the under in the first quarter of 10, if I like the under of the first half, I have to love the highest scoring half being the second. So this is a play I play every year, and it's been good to me throughout the year. So going to keep on playing at highest scoring half second, minus 112. Completely agree with this. Love this. I, even if I do think there might be sort of some, some weirdness in the first half, like these things, they go crazy in the second half. These games in the last 10 minutes, you could see 35 points in the last 10 minutes. Whatever happened in the first – 40, 50, 50 minutes of this game will not be the same as what happens in the end. It happens every single year. It's amazing. It's what makes the Super Bowl great. No, and especially with these two quarterbacks. So they're both just so stubborn and they do not care. They can be, either of them can be down by 25 at half in this game. In the second half, they are not going to stop swinging. So love it. Just love that both, both these quarterbacks, their styles, it, it just lines up perfect with this, this prop this year. All right, let's do two more because right now you've given me um, you've given me four that I absolutely love out of the I think six that we've talked about. So let's see if we can get to five out of the next couple ones. Should we should we keep going? Uh, some big plus numbers. Yeah, plus numbers are better. <laughs> uh, I know you're gonna hate this one, but I love it because it is so funky and it's just fun to bet. Uh, and it's another one where you only have to hit it once every 20 years and you're going to get your return on investment. And that's any own lineman to score a touchdown plus 2000. I love it. It's just, 
I, I just see both these offenses doing something weird down the end zone where Andy Reid, he loves illusions, guys moving in weird places, and all of a sudden offensive lineman just pops wide open in the end zone. And same goes with Tom Brady. We saw all those years. And was that Brewski? I think it was, or maybe it was Brable. They would always bring in a def- defensive guy to do these weird packages for touchdowns. It was Brable. yeah. So I could see them doing something similar this year with their alignment. They have two different guys that that have scored and have had catches this year on their O line in the Buccaneers. So I like this one. It's just a fun, weird prop where you can bet a hundred to one two K, and uh, it's any alignment to score a touchdown. I love this one. Uh, it's good for like this is a good. It's stupid fun. It's stupid. Like you're every time they get close to the goal line, you're going to hope for this. <laughs> no like, offense alignment. It, you don't overinvest. You know, you just have a little bit of fun because the payout is so high and just enjoy. <laughs> so that, that's what I love for fun. And then the next one that's just fun and it's been paying out good, honestly, for me over the couple of years of doing this in the, the Super Bowl is a field goal or extra point to hit either a crossbar or the side. So all it has to do is just touch it. If it hits it and goes in, anything, it hits and goes out, you win at plus 400 right now. So that's one of these weird bets I like to make just because, again, you only have to hit it once every four years and you're, you're getting your money back. So it's a fun bet, and it's just likely to happen because we've just seen it time and time again, the, the pressure in the Super Bowl. And the fact that this game is outdoors, it, I like it even more because we know the wind, who knows, it could blow it right into the post war. So it, it's a fun prop, and it's one of those that, you have to watch every time a kicker is lining up because you're just hoping it hits a crossbar. So I like this one, but to me, it's too much like, and for our fans, uh, it's too much like the old lineman prop. Like it's a little fluky, right? And like, oh, it's, it's so a, fluky. So like, I need one more that I love that isn't fluky. That makes me feel like I'm beating the market and I'm smarter than everybody else. <laughs> and I'm on the right side. And when I'm watching the game, I can say to one of my kids, hey, daddy, bet your college fund on this because he got an idea. Well, I can guarantee you this prop's going to keep coming down because it, it opened, I think, at plus uh, 500 and I got it at plus 450. So it has been it has been dropping that one. But for another one that I think is just a smart, smart one where we have two quarterbacks that are willing to take high risk plays for high, high rewards. It's total interceptions over one and a half at plus 134. I just think we saw with Brady last week. He doesn't care if he's throwing punt picks. If he's taking a deep shot and the guy happens to either pick it off or Mike Evans can catch it, he's fine with that because it's a 50-yard bomb down the field. So with both these offenses, especially with Mahomes having these two offensive linemen out, he's going to be trying to make big plays at all times to counteract that, that big weakness right now in that team. So – I see both these quarterbacks taking a lot of risk in this game. And I, I love that this one is at plus money. So over one and a half interceptions plus 134. What do you think this correlates to most in this game? Because I like w- what's interesting here is we do have offenses that are incredibly potent, right? And you obviously are on the over. Um, turnovers tend to lead to points being depressed because teams don't get to finish drives. They don't get as many sort of possessions that put them in a position to score, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Are you, if you, if you take a bet like this, are you correlating it to playing the under or the over? Uh, 
I would have to look into that. I don't know if the math really works out that way where I, I feel like if there's more turnovers, there's going to be more points because you're more likely to have a shorter field. So it could be right. And it could be uh, if you're, if you like the over and turnovers, maybe it does lean towards the under, but I don't really correlate either. Of them. I just think high powered offenses, high chance offenses, they're just going to be going for it the whole game. So I, I just like the over at this prop. I, I like it too. It feels more like a, it feels more like a, to me, it feels more like a hunch prop than a data prop. It's a, it's a hunch and scheme prop than a simulation prop. Yeah. I wouldn't say the numbers like back this up totally because interceptions are a fluky place. Like we've seen it time and time again, where a guy will have a ball right in his hands, receiving it and he'll hit his face mask and bounce to the defender who picks it. So for sure, this is a, uh, a very hard thing to pin down because it is such a high volatile. Just play. Right. It's Give me, regardless of price, what is the one, oh my God, this is the best one that we haven't discussed? That we haven't discussed? Yeah. Uh, my man, Scotty Miller, receiving yards over 20.5. I just think we know that the the Chiefs defense, they're going to eventually sleep on this guy because they're going to be paying attention to Godwin. They're going to be paying attention to Mike Evans. And they're going to be t- paying attention to Gronk or Bray. And we've seen it with Scotty Miller. He's a big play, boomer bust kind of guy. So all we're hoping for here is just one 25-yard catch from Scotty Miller for a whole Super Bowl. I just think that's really good value, especially minus one, uh, 112. So that's another one I really love, Scotty Miller over 20 and a half. That one I like a lot. That one I can get behind. It's something I can root for for the entire game. I'll get excited when Scotty Miller comes onto the field. Like this is one where I know I got a shot. Yeah, especially with we, – we still don't know yet what the deal is with Antonio Brown, but at his age it's sounding more and more unlikely that he's really going to be full go. So I'm not too worried about him with the, taking away snaps from Scotty Miller. All right, so right now, right now, the ones that we love – uh, Scotty Miller minus 112 over 20 and a half receiving yards. We like the higher scoring half to be the second half at minus 112. We love total sacks over four and a half at plus 120. You have this graded out at five and a half. We love plus 110. What's that? At plus 110. Plus 110. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. We love the longest touchdown to be over 45 and a half yards at minus 114. And we want to marry a two-point conversion plus 230. <laughs> two others, two others that we think are really interesting that are just sort of fun are uh, three others. Any old lineman to score plus 2,000. Field goal or extra point to hit the crossbar, crossbar plus 400 right now. And uh, total INTs over one and a half at plus 134. I can get behind all those. Simon Hunter. You, on your own, and listeners can take from this what they would like, you on your own, love over one and a half field goals in the first half at minus 125. Love it. Okay. I might put a little, might put a little bit, a little taste, a little taste on that. Let me, um, that's pretty good. That's a, that's a good roundup you've given people and it's a lot of flavor right there for the game in addition to being on the box being on the over all that good stuff uh yeah. all right uh let's see chris from maine what is your favorite super long shot prop bet do you have we gone through it i think we did right we think it's old lyman yeah that, that's gotta be it the plus 2000 that's 
it's just up there for like there's other ones I do, but they're such stupid long shots that it's like not even worth giving out because they're one of these that I'm hoping to hit once every 35 years. So with this one at once every 20 years, I like the uh, any alignment to score. Here's a great one. And uh, this is from baby fucking whale. Okay. Who is on Twitter, but clearly did not hear about the contratemps from this past week because his question is, you'll love this, is taking the points on a short underdog no longer the smartest play? I've heard some claim that short dogs have become far more likely to win outright than lose in cover. Should betting underdog money lines be the rule at plus three or under? Or is that crazy, Simon? Yeah, I think he's talking about the plus two and a half uh, theory where – if, if there's a plus two and a half out there, you take the money line or you take the plus two and a half and you don't lay the, you don't lay the minus two and a half. Like the, that long-term, the books are trying to trap you thinking you're getting a good deal, taking under a field goal and a favorite, where if you take the other side on the dog, that's where the value is, which can't dispute it. If Once again, we talk about plus numbers. If you're making a $100 investment, you're getting 110 back. That adds up over time when you're taking plus numbers. So... I'm with his th- I'm with his theory, but I do I still think the spread matters. That's what I don't want to be too harp about the spread being dead. I was mainly talking just for the Super Bowl, but we talked early in the year. We would do this show on a Tuesday, and the line would move most of the time. By the time we would post the show, I went through our entire season. We only had two for the whole year, two games that actually mattered from Tuesday to Sunday of the spread moving that. If someone took the game we put out on Sunday, they either pushed or lost. So I'm with the guy. I don't I don't try not to overthink the spread too much, but I do really care about key numbers. Like during the regular season, I, I care about getting seven and a half or three and a half. I, I care about that kind of stuff. Uh, v. Venet asks, does Simon's model make any account for emotional or motivational factors for an underdog? such as revenge spots or media discourse, bulletin board material, et cetera? I look at trends for that kind of stuff. Um, I can't really build on my model. The only thing that I had built in is just randomness. So I have like a percentage put into it of just random things will happen at any given football game. And the only time that fluctuates is when there's weather. Because when there's bad weather, the odds of something random to happen goes up. And the data proves that out, that turnovers – other other things where we, we just see that when you're looking at a football game, you have to, of course, tie in all that stuff, revenge games, everything like that. But unless there's trends or numbers to actually back it up in that specific game, I don't base too much off of it. All right. This is the last question. Uh, Todd from Sacramento, and I saved this for the end specifically because Super Bowl MVP is always a hot topic. And it's become a, a conversational point, his question. With the way the NFL has changed to a passing league, is it wiser to bet on who you believe will be the winning quarterback for Super Bowl MVP versus simply betting that team's money line? I'm surprised there's not like an article out there that could help with this math because I don't know off the top of my head the answer to this. But I would say just from what I've read, is the biggest liability by far right now for all sports books is Mahomes. He's like, I don't know if it was either he's over 80% or 70% of the handle right now, but it's insane the amount of money that is on Mahomes to be the MVP. So I would say for this Super Bowl, I don't know, I guess you can do Brady or just take one of these DNs, but 
it, it's one of those where I would not be putting money on Mahomes for MVP this year. I just think that it, it just points to kind of being a trap at this point where so much money is loaded up on him and he's not at – I mean, last time I checked, he was minus 123 or 125. I don't get why he's not minus 200 if they're having this so much liability on him. So it's it's making me a little nervous right now, um, the, the way the money slanted towards Mahomes, the MVP. So I, I would stay away from trying to make that play. Stay away. Stay away, Todd, from Sacramento. All right. We got a game coming up very, very soon. And we are doing another phrase that pays contest. You're going to have to listen to the first pod after the Super Bowl to find out if you won. The winner earns $110 for every win Simon and I have this week based on the props that I have listed that we love. We will match that number up to five wins with a donation to the winner's favorite charity to be eligible, go follow at the favorites pod and tag us and use the phrase. Simon says, bet the big game. Producer Matt Mitchell will sift through the submissions and randomly choose it. You will win the money. The winner of last week's rollover prize, $500 for this person and their favorite causes. I love this because instead of trying to make a joke, they tried to make they tried to make an announcement. They tried to create a movement. 100% blind Dominic. Reach out to matt.mitchell at actionnetwork.com for your $500 prize. His comments, tagging at the favorites pod. Simon says, we care. Help the Juvenile Diabetes Foundation and the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Just nice. Just a nice thing to do. Help, help people. It's a terrible time going on right now. COVID, a lot of people struggling. It's nice to give back. Right, Simon? Amen, brother. That's all we're trying to do. We all want to give back. All right, Simon. You and I will talk again as the week goes on. We will announce what our final five favorites are going to be from the list that we've discussed. I got a pretty good idea what it won't be. That's all we got. You got one, anything else you want to say to our fans before we decamp for Super Bowl 55? Uh, yeah, just enjoy it. This is it. It's been a long season. We have an incredible matchup. It's incredible we've even gotten to this point. I'm just so excited. And whatever you do with this Super Bowl, just remember – We'll be back next year, win or lose. Me and Chad will be back. So it's been a great year, man. We're coming back. This has been the favorites from the Action Network. I am Chad Millman. He is Simon Hunter. Download the podcast from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Love you.